we're starting to talk about the soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. On Sunday, we're talking about vision, purpose, and faith. You know, we're talking about how that God has a purpose for your life, a, a, a very distinct purpose for your life. And he wants to give you vision. He'll put his word in you to produce vision so that you can see God's purpose for your life. But here's why you have to renew your mind. Because you have to learn how to make right decisions. Because you can know the will of God for your life and not make right decisions and never walk it out. Does that make sense? So this is why we're talking about the renewing of our mind in order to walk out God's plan for your life, you have to understand how he works, right? You've got to understand uh, how his ways, his purposes, he wants you to know that. So that's why he's given us his word. He wants you to know his word, gain revelation knowledge of it so that you can start thinking right. What do I mean by that? So that you can start thinking like he thinks, that's what, this is, that's what we're doing here tonight. So in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1 and 2, kind of a foundational scripture, we see that Paul, in this, in, right after chapter 8, the big victory chapter in the book of Romans, he goes on a side journey in Romans 9, 10, and 11, and then he jumps in, and now he starts talking about temporal truth. Now that you know, positionally, you've been given everything, right? And it's God's will. He's given you victory in everything. It's God's will that you're victorious and that you triumph in everything. Now, Romans 12, verse 1, verse 2, and all the way through the end of the book, he's going to start talking about temporal truth, how you walk this out. And the first thing that he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, right? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renovation or the renewing of your mind that you will be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? So now, that's what we're talking about. Without the renewing of your mind, you can't even see the path that God has for you. And I'm telling you, Satan, he wants you to live on a much lower plane. So the biggest thing, the, the, especially last week, or, or two weeks ago, we really got into how the soul works. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 23, it says this. It says, In the very God of peace sanctify you. It, notice it doesn't say, And the peace of God sanctify you. No, it says, The God of peace. So this is God's work in your life. He wants to sanctify you. That means to make clean to purify, to make holy, to separate you from all these profane things and dedicate you to him. The God of peace wants to do that in your life. That is part of your plan. And it says, and I pray God 
your whole, whole, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Three parts of man, spirit, soul, and body. I love this phrase, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. The Greek word whole, it means having all its parts. It means being sound and being perfect. God wants you whole, spirit, soul, and body. Wow. And yet sometimes we preach, well, you just, you know, sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. Where does that come from? It comes straight from the pit. doesn't come from the Bible, right? We're a three-part being. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a physical body, the three parts of man. So we're really looking at the soulish realm. The mind, the will, and the emotions. How does that work? Because God gave us a soul, literally, to, so that we can make proper decisions. It's the decision-making part of who you and I are. So we have to choose right. Okay, so let's look at this. If decision-making is what the soul exists to do, then we should know some things about it. Right, And this is what we said last time we were together, that you make decisions or you make choices. Today, your whole day, you were making decisions and choices, didn't you? You know, you had to make a decision to come here tonight. You had to choose. I bet we could go around the room and I bet there were some great examples of why maybe you shouldn't have came to church tonight that might have come up in your life. But you chose, right? So your decisions and your choices, they're based on the interaction of your mind and your emotions. So in your mind, right, you thought some things. And then your emotions told you how you felt about that. And then basically... You enacted your will and you decided to come to church tonight. But all day, how many of you had opportunities today to maybe get upset? Like everybody, right? Isn't that crazy how all this stuff happens to you every day? I bet you even had some opportunities to maybe, maybe think that you're not worth, worthy, not, not, not enough, Right? You might have had some things happen to you today. You might have had some other emails or some things happen or whatever to make you feel bad. All these things are happening all the time. Why? Because Satan is the god of this world system. This world system is designed to get you into fear so that you get your eyes on yourself so that he can steal, kill, and destroy in your life. So this is what's happening. The interaction between your mind and your emotions will cause your will to be exercised, and then you will act out. Your ability to think, we said last, or two weeks ago, your ability to think, which is your mind's evaluation, interacts with your feelings, the emotional response 
to what, your, what that information that just came from your mind. They interact together. This is happening all the time. And then what happens? What happens is all of a sudden, a desire is produced. Remember how we said that? A desire is produced. You enact your will, you make a decision or a choice, and now you walk it out. It's based on the desire. Some people's desire to do something else tonight instead of come here won. Right? I mean, why, why is it not everybody in our church here tonight? Because that interaction happened, and there was a, whether they knew it or not, right? For some people, it's like, man, I just, I have to work, or I have to do this, or I have to do that. Really, natural reasons, everything happens this way. You are led by your desires, and the desires, right, Whatever is the dominant influence in your thoughts and in your feelings is what's controlling your decision-making process. So this is why you've got to think right. Because your thought life will mix with your emotions and produce a desire that will either take you down your path that God has for you or take you down a different path. It happens so quickly, so naturally. This is why we're teaching on this. This is why, listen, have you ever, have you ever made a wrong decision and you're walking and you're going, all of a sudden, what in the world am I doing? It just happens so fast. And then what happens? The enemy is like, yeah, he starts beating, he'll start trying to get you to beat yourself up. And that's why you got to just go, wait a minute, no, 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 there's no condemnation to me that I'm, now that I'm in Christ. And get yourself together. Put everything through the filter of the word of God. It'll help you start thinking right. Whatever, let me say this again, whatever is the dominant influence over your thoughts and your feelings is controlling your decision-making process. So the question tonight is, what is the dominant influence over your thoughts and feelings? See, this is what happens as you grow spiritually. As you grow spiritually, you start to discern good from evil. And even though, I mean, that sounds so funny because everybody, you sit there and go, well, no, everybody would know good from evil. Eh. No, because sometimes, you know, what is good? It's what God wants you to do, right? It's what he's leading you to do right at that moment. So we have to be careful, what is the dominant influence? Why, do I, why did I lash out at my wife? Why did I lash out at this person? Why did I lash out at my husband? Many times, it's not what just happened, Many times, it, it came from all the way when you were four or five years old and Satan started building a detrimental thought process in you and what happened is somebody did something that connected you to all that junk and all of a sudden you desired to just blast them and you did. See, this happens so fast. This is why 
we have to train our soul, right? Because whatever the dominant influence over our thoughts and our feelings or our emotions, it's going to influence our choices. God wants you to train your soul to be subject to your spirit so that you can live a Holy Spirit-led life. See, everybody's going, okay, I got to get this latest CD series on how to be led by the Spirit because I really need to know how to be led by the Spirit and all this stuff. Learn all the principles you want to. But if you don't train your soul, whatever's influencing your thoughts and your emotions is going to cause you to make wrong choices. And you could, you could quote every scripture on being led by the Spirit of God and go down a wrong path. But if you'll train your soul to be subject to your spirit, now you could live a Holy Spirit-led life. That's, that's a real, you got, you just don't catch that right away. You kind of catch it and then you got to chew on it for about, you know, five years. And actually, you'll chew on it for your whole life. The Holy Spirit through your spirit is to control your soul. Right? The Holy Spirit won't control your soul. Have you ever noticed that? I think I'm going to say this, and all of a sudden you felt this hand just go bam, and you couldn't say it. No, it won't happen that way. You, right? You have to renovate your mind with the word of God. You must train your soul continually. So can we just say this then as a family? Can we just give everybody a get out of jail free card in our church? Because in our church, do you know how easy it is to say the wrong thing to somebody? Right? You come to church upset and you might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Or you come to church upset and you look across the room and you see the way somebody's looking at you and it upsets you because of where you came from, that all you, what, you, what you don't realize, that person's not even really looking at you. They're thinking about the food that Mark and Cheryl are making for us afterwards, <laughs> right? And they have this real serious look on their face, right? You gotta be careful. You gotta be real careful. Have you ever walked in a room and smelled something that took you back to something, right? Your senses... What happens there? A smell. I, I'll never forget. At a, at a high school, I was a youth, youth minister, and as a high school retreat, all of a sudden, this one of our leaders, she was like the all-American girl, like just beautiful, smart, happy all the time, all of a sudden hit the floor and went in a fetal position and was just losing it. Found out later that she walked in a room and smelled something that reminded her of when she was sexually abused. And it just, bam. And we were able to bring the truth of God's word and completely get her free. But man, I'm telling you, once, once the word comes and you realize I'm free, now we've got to train the soul 
Because see, God wants you to be able to, he wants that young lady to be able to walk in a room and smell that and not even, it not even move her anymore. Does that, because when God heals, he takes away the scar. But you got to train your soul all the time. This has got to be helping somebody somewhere because I had no idea that I was going to go in this direction. So the role of your mind, the God-ordained processes of the mind, what does the mind do? It perceives. Through the five physical senses, it'll perceive, it'll understand, it'll rationalize, and then it'll draw a logical conclusion. You gotta renovate your mind to not be like the world. Because when lack is attacking your life, guess what you need to do? You need to give. Right? When you're feeling weak, what are you to say? I'm strong. When you, when you feel like you can't see anything, you've got to say, I can see. The world's upside down. God is life. The role of your emotions, they're designed to give you momentum in fulfilling the plan and purpose that God has for your life. But they are never designed, as we said two weeks ago, to lead you or to guide you, and I added this one, or to drive you. Because your emotions will drive you, right, if you let them. And here's the key. Remember this from two weeks ago? Your emotions are a result of what you have been meditating on. So if you want to change, I'm just so emotional. I just can't. I have an anger problem, right? Says the five-foot-eight man, who weighs 175 pounds, he has, he has a real anger problem with his five-foot-two wife who weighs 120 pounds. But he would not have a problem with a six-foot-five, 260-pound linebacker in the NFL. He would get his anger completely under control. Right? Why? Because he would see very clearly that if I slap this six foot five linebacker, he could rip my arms off without breaking a sweat. So I'm, I'm under control. My emotions just meshed with my intellect and a desire came up to be under control. Right? Right? Well, I hate telling this story. I got to tell it again. This, this story's really embarrassing, but I don't care anymore. You know, so I'm, I'm this young guy, young guy, grew up in bad neighborhoods fighting, right? So here I am in Southern California. This guy cuts me off, almost hits me. I'm like road raging by him. I'm like, pull over. So he pulls over, and I'm getting out of the car. I'm thinking, man, I'm just ticked. And I get out of the car, and he gets out of the car, and he does this. He's taking off his watch. And, and everything, and he comes, starts walking up to me, and I'm like, hey, sir. Instantly, I went from, I'm going to kick the, hey, I just, did you not see me? Because I wanted to just, and he's like, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I'm sorry. He goes, I thought you wanted a fight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> see, what happened? Because if he was kind of a little 
kind of like this, that's no problem. I could be aggressive, but he got out of the car, no emotion, like, okay, if we're going to do this, I guess we're going to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to mess with a guy like that, right? So my intellect, it meshed with my emotions, and a desire came up in my heart and literally stopped. I was angry, and, but when the desire came up, I instantly was not angry anymore. I'm like the diplomat. Oh, sir. Right? Did you really hear that story? So if you train your soul with the word of God and somebody slaps you the wrong way, because what will happen is your mind will instantly go, instead of, I can't believe they did that to me, it'll instantly go to, do good to those that despitefully use you. And then it'll mesh with your emotions, which are going, they're, they're, they're literally pushing you to, to walk out God's plan for your life, which is walking in love, and a desire will come up in your heart. The minute you get slapped, and you will respond correctly. You'll respond in love. In the same way it happens in the negative, much more it will happen in the positive. I mean, you could not upset me if you wanted to. Because I have learned how to take control. Because guess where all that anger and rage came from? It came from everything that I grew up in and this worthlessness that I thought I was. It had nothing to do with everybody else around me. Does that make sense? Give yourself a break tonight. You know, we run around in this world called Christianity. Oh, I gotta be a, there's good Christians and there's bad Christians. No. There's Christians that are allowing the word of God to keep them and there's Christians that God loves just as much that are literally experiencing death because they're letting their flesh rule them. They're letting their past hurts and things dictate their future. And God's saying, no, I want you to renovate your mind so that there is no residual. So that now your spirit is literally teaching your soul every day how does it teach? Do you know your mind will shut up and listen to your mouth? Have you ever talked to somebody? You could talk to somebody. You could talk to them and talk to them and talk to them, and you're sitting there going, you know, they are not hearing a word I'm saying. But if they start talking, they're hearing every word. Your mind will shut up and listen to your mouth. So teach your, teach your mind the word of God by keeping the word of God in your mouth. It'll shut up and listen. God made your mind that way. What am I saying? You can change your whole life by just changing the way that you think. But don't try to do it on your own. It's the word that will do the work. Boy, that's, that's, that's really making me happy. I hope it's blessing you. 
what we consistently think about and the words that we speak directly directly affect or actually will direct the way we feel emotionally. Let me say this again. What you and I consistently think about and the words that we speak will direct our emotions or will direct all this stuff. It'll direct exactly how you, let me say it this way, how you, instead of saying your emotions, how you feel emotionally. So man, we got to meditate on the right thing. We have to meditate on the right thing. Right now, I feel like so much truth has gone forth, but I feel like it's gone forth. You know how, you just want to get up and minister and just be so eloquent. I I feel on a scale of one to a hundred, my eloquency tonight is about a one. But that's okay, because this is real. If you'll start speaking the word and start thinking about the word and your spirit man will start to go and be the teacher and teach your soul how to be subject to your spirit, you can be led by the Holy Ghost. And the more you do that, the more sensitive you'll become to his leading. So now let's look at a couple things. So we kind of reviewed, but now let's bring this up to date uncontrolled, soulish behavior. What does that look like? When, when, when you have uncontrolled, soulish behavior, this is what's happening. This person is constantly receiving input from their senses, and they're evaluating that input. Okay? This person thinks and acts out of the natural arena because it's more dominant. It's looking at everything in the natural and it's evaluating it and now it's going to start doing what? It's going to start thinking out of the natural arena and acting out of the natural arena. What do I mean? Have you ever had financial trouble? It'll talk to you all day. Right? All of a sudden, you're going to continually receive input from your senses. You're going to see that you don't have enough money to do this, to do that. And all of a sudden, then what happens? You start thinking about how you don't have enough all the time. And then you start acting out in the natural arena because it's just more dominant. And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you will get a poverty mentality that will take you deeper into it. This person reacts to what they see, what they feel, right? What they taste, what they touch, what they hear. And this person does not control their thoughts. To have uncontrollable soulish behavior, you're not controlling your thoughts. We're going to see in the word of God that God tells us, he says, Tony, you take every thought captive and bring it into obedience to Christ or in other words bring it into obedience to the word so let's look at somebody who walks in a proper soulish operation 
this person consistently receives input from their spirit and their senses that they evaluate. Notice I said spirit first. This person makes decisions they believe are consistent with the will of God for their life. As they meditate on these decisions, they get emotionally stirred about the decisions and momentum builds and starts to move them in that direction, which is God's will for their life. It's a flow. And all of us are living in the flow, whether in the uncontrolled flow or in the proper flow. It's a flow. Let me say it again. The purpose, the person that has a proper soulish operation, they're constantly receiving input from their spirit and their senses, and they're evaluating that information. How? Through the filter of the word of God. They make decisions that they believe are consistent with the will of God for their life. And then what happens as they meditate on these decisions, it stirs them emotionally and it builds momentum that starts to move them in the direction that God wants them to go. What what are you talking about, Tony? So all of a sudden, man, you have something hit your body and you're being attacked physically. The person that has proper soulish operation, they're constantly receiving input from their spirit. By his stripes you were healed. He bore your sickness and carried your pain. He sent his word and healed you. He forgives all your transgressions. He heals all of your diseases. You're, con- you're constantly receiving this input. But your mind is also receiving input from the natural realm. Man, my, my, my side hurts, this hurts, whatever. My blood work is not good. I don't know what it is. But you're constantly receiving life from your spirit and that's eclipsing. So what it does is it, your proper soulish operation looks at all this stuff going on in your body and goes, wait a minute, this has no legal right in my body. Because Jesus bore it, so I don't have to bear it. And then what happens is I make a decision that I believe is consistent with the will of God, which is constantly coming up. What is that decision? I'm going to speak. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Satan, I bind you. You get out of my body. You let go of me. Uh, Jesus bore this. If it's a fever, fever, I know you have ears. They haven't figured that out in research yet, but we know that from the word of God. You leave my life right now. See, right now, so my behavior I'm making a decision that's consistent with the word of God. I am believing and speaking the word of God. Now what happens as I live this way, I'm meditating on these decisions. And pretty soon it will build momentum that will help me walk this out every moment of every day. And when I'm laying in my bed 
after doing this all day, and it's dark, and, and, and pain grows, right? And crickets make noise, <laughs> right? And all this stuff happens. That was perfect, right? It's so, so quiet. There's crickets, and then Satan comes and goes, I'm going to kill you. And instead of getting worried, by this point, you start laughing, right? And instead of going, oh, what am I going to do? You yell. So why haven't you? Because let me tell you why you haven't. Because you have no authority. For it is written in Luke 10, 19, right? Behold, I have been given authority, delegated authority in the name of Jesus to have absolute mastery over all your little fallen angels, over all your little demons and principalities, and over all of your ability. Can you hear me? Because I know you're under my feet, way, 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 way down, because you've been cast to the earth, and I'm seated in heaven. Do you see that? And so that's how you start speaking. This is proper soulish. I'm telling you, this will cause you instantly to love life. Because now, I mean, can't you feel that? That's faith. Instead of going, okay, what things soever you desire, what am I going to do? I just got to believe that I receive. Oh, I, I, I got to listen to one more tape from Pastor Tony. And then I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to hear that song Waymaker five more times. And then maybe I will feel, no, 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 no. No, no, your spirit will tell you how you're going to feel. That's how it works. Guys, in, in this faith thing that we talk about, people for some reason think that when I get in faith, it's euphoric. And that Satan goes, oh, they're in faith. Okay, I'll see you later. No, 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 no. No, if you faced a lion, you're going to face a bear. If you faced a bear, you're going to face Goliath. Right? You're, it's not if, when you go into the fiery furnace. But when you go in... It's much better instead of going, oh, man, I hope this thing works out. No, no, you're going to burn. But if you go in, could you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Man, you guys are bummed. They're telling you you've got to throw us in here? Man, you're, you're going to die. I'm going to live because my God is able and he will deliver me. Watch. Oh, you can't. You're dead. Right? Pretty soon they see through this window. Look, there he is. There's Nebuchadnezzar. He's talking to his guys. Hey, is there four people in there? I mean, they're like, we're not going out of the furnace. Jesus is like, listen, give this guy a break. He's the fourth guy in the furnace. Give him a break. Just go out. Because, listen, you believe me, and guess what? When you go out of this furnace, the whole nation is going to be made to serve me. That's, that's not a fairy tale. The only difference between Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and you is you have the very Spirit of God living in you. Man. The kingdom of darkness works hard to influence your decisions. How does it do that? It tries to influence your decisions through your body, through your senses, through your natural carnal reasoning processes. It tries to influence you through people, 
through circumstances. But God works to influence you through your spirit. You don't have to look to anyone. God, the God of heaven, is going to try to influence you through your spirit. How does he do that? With the mighty Holy Spirit and the word of God. That's all that God uses. This nonsense, well, you know, God gave me prostate cancer and, and you know, he did that so I would draw close to him. No, that's not how he works. He wants to influence you with the word of God and the spirit of God through your spirit. God's not up in heaven causing circumstances to happen in your life so that you'll turn to him. No, 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 that's Satan works in that area. Does that make, it's so clear. This is so important. Your soul is in the middle of this. It's the part of you where your spirit and your body can express themselves. Your spirit wants to express himself or itself, whatever you want to call yourself, right? No, no. It wants to express himself through your spirit, right? But not only that, your body, or I'm sorry, let me say this right. Your spirit wants to express itself through your soul, but the other end of this is right here. Your body wants to express its desire through your soul. That's why you must train your soul and renovate it with the word of God. If Satan controls your soul, then he determines your destiny. Right? He'll use people to provoke anger, He'll use people to stir up emotions. He'll use people in situations to stir up negative thoughts, which all he wants to do is be the one that determine your destiny. He wants to rob you of the destiny that God's already given you. So now we've got to talk about this. Vain imaginations. Okay? Vain imaginations. We're going to talk about this. We're trying to get over here to really talk about how to take thoughts captive. But vain imaginations will cause a behavior that deviates, deviates away from what God wants you to live. So, so here's what happens. There's, there's really three levels of this in your mind. Okay, The first level is he'll throw thoughts. Satan will throw thoughts in your mind over and over and over. And he's, he's fishing. How, does he, how can he tell if he takes the bait? If you take the bait, you'll start speaking the thought. So Jesus said, take no thoughts sane. So, so he can't read your mind, so he'll throw thoughts. And I'm telling you, it kind of stresses him out when you start to go, no. It is written. He's like, darn it. That's not working. But, but if you're like, ooh, it starts affecting you. Pretty soon you start getting on the prayer chain at church. Hey, let me tell you. Can you, do you have some time? Man, I'm going through some stuff. 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling sick. This is not working out. Satan's going, oh, this is great. They're taking all these thoughts, right? If you start taking the thought and you start speaking it because you're a speaking spirit, and, and what is the oracle of God? It's the way everything works. You'll have what you say. Whatever you say, in the book of Numbers, God says, whatever you say in my ears, I will allow in your life. Mark chapter 11, right? You could have whatever you say. So when you start speaking his death thoughts, it will start forming an imagination in you. It's the way we work. You will start a vain imagination. It's like a movie in your subconscious mind that shows you living and moving in a way that deviates from the way the word says. Being sick when God says you're well. Whatever it is. Walking in authority is what God's will is in your life. Dominating in the earth. Satan will get you to where you think you have no authority. And he'll build a vain imagination. Now he's got to keep that going. So he'll use people and circumstances because his goal is it to keep that vain imagination going so that you with your mouth build a stronghold in your mind. And I'm here to tell you, we know how he operates now. Because the word of God, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the utter destruction of strongholds. If you have some strongholds in your mind tonight, rejoice because the word of God doesn't just, it doesn't just take them down. It, blow, it, it, it evaporates them. It, it completely destroys them so that they can never be built again. So these three levels, the first level, this vain imagination, wrong behavior comes from wrong thinking, which is a product of an imagination that has not been renewed or an imagination that you haven't been weaned off of. You got, the word of God will wean you off of a detrimental thought process. Some people think they grow up and their parents tell them they're stupid for the first several years of their life and they just grow up thinking they're stupid. Or you're a failure. God wants you to wean you off of that because no, you're born of him. You're a world overcomer. But you'll never be able to walk as a world overcomer if you don't renovate your thinking. Right? So vain. Vain imagination. This, this word vain means empty, worthless, with no purpose. Everything Satan has in his kingdom is empty. It's worthless and it has no purpose. There is no room in your imagination for a vain imagination. Anything that is not in the Bible or anything that does not align with God's principles is vain. See, these vain imaginations, they build a picture of our lives on the basis of anything other than God's word. See, anything that works in life, is, is, it only works because it's God's idea. If it's Satan's idea it will always end in death. It might look like life and even feel like life at the beginning, but it'll always end in death because he is death. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. 
in verse 5. You guys doing okay? Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. It says, for they that are after the flesh, that's the natural man, that the natural man do mind. That word means they give attention to the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the inward man, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. <clears throat> so this is why we have to allow the word of God to have first place in our life. See, death is always the result of being carnally minded. But here is the problem. Death is not always instant. So we let these things happen and we start thinking this way and we think, oh, come on, you know what? I'm just being real. Yeah, you're being real carnal and it will produce real death. But you think that's funny right now because you're not experiencing death, but death is a slow process. But God's saying, no, no, you take every thought captive. Don't play with Satan's thoughts. Right? Could you imagine if you saw things as they really were? Brandon and Nadia, they got these beautiful kids, right? Do you think, would you let Satan, if he showed up at your door, just go, hey, I'd like to come take your kids out and just, you'd be like, what? I mean, you guys would go ballistic. You get out of here in the name of Jesus, right? But see, we'll let Cruella DeVille into our house. Because, oh, come on, it's a Disney movie about puppies. We got to be careful. Right? Oh, but Mickey Mouse is so cute. Yeah, he's a wizard. Oh, come on. We're just playing with the Ouija board. Come on, that's no big deal. Boy, I can't tell you how many people I have talked to that got into all kinds of crazy stuff and it all started one night when they spent the night at a friend's house and they messed with a Ouija board. I'm telling you, you all, everything with him ends in death. It just doesn't end in death right away. Right? Death is usually a process of corruption that just takes your life in a downward trend. And this process, many times, is very slow and very hard to see. Right? Well, you know, man, I just really like my church. I've got all my friends here. And, you know, I know, I know that it, they don't really teach the word. But, but, you know, I am so busy, and I do this, and I do that. Gosh, I couldn't. I better not leave. Because what would they do without me? Right? How, how many people are missing the plan of God for their life? Listen, we ever stop teaching the word here? Don't walk out the door. Run. Love me. Pray for me. Pastor, love you. We're going to pray for you. Hope you get back to the word. Can't stay, though, because I can't let death in my life. Right? And here's the cool thing. 
This process is slow, it's hard to see, but you've got the greater one on the inside of you that sees everything. And he'll show you everything and help you walk your way out of it. The carnal mind is dominated by vain imaginations. The ability to eliminate vain imaginations and focus our thought life on the filter of God's word is critical in the renewing of your mind. You, you put everything through the filter. Guys, this is not a suggestion. Where it says seek first the kingdom, you, you seek first the kingdom. My son, attend to my words. That means you put this first place. You put everything through the filter of this word. Yeah, but I don't understand it. Well, the greater one on the, in, on, on the inside of you understands it. So surround yourself with people that are full of the word and they'll help you. As a matter of fact, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, right? So let's jump over real quick. I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 3. So you guys look kind of serious. Are you doing okay? I hope this is helping you tonight. We're saying a lot of things. You could change your whole life by changing the way you think. And guys, God's getting us ready for the biggest revival, for the biggest move of God that this planet has ever seen. And we got to think like him. We got to see things the way he sees things. We got to stop trying to do this thing called Christianity in our own strength. And let the word of God do it. The anointing of God do it. The spirit of God lead us. Don't try to be a great Christian. You already are. Right? And as you learn who you are, you'll walk free from all that junk that's in your life. I love that. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. In other words, we are walking in this flesh realm, but we never are, people are never our problem. The natural things we see, people, the natural things, the flesh, that's, that's, not, that's not our problem. We don't war after the flesh. We can't be strong enough in our flesh to ever take Satan down. When he attacks us, we can't be enough in our flesh. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Right? Verse 4, they are not carnal. This word means temporal, natural. This word literally means not of human origin. The weapons that we fight with, that we war with, are not natural. Well, pastor, you know, you can preach and, man, you just know how to communicate the word and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm just not good at that. Okay. Good communication skills is not the weapon. Don't worry about that. We all have gifts differing. Right? The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but... They are mighty through God to the pulling down. This means to the utter destruction of strongholds. 
Here's the thing. If you don't deal with the issues of your life, they will become strongholds. They don't just go away. Satan just doesn't go, oh, you know, they've got eight strongholds in their life right now. I'm, I'm just going to kind of give them a break. He never thinks that. Right? They are mighty through God for the utter destruction of strongholds. Look at this. Now it's going to explain these strongholds. Casting down imaginations. This is the Greek word logismos. It's the logical thinking of a deceived mind. The weapons of our warfare, which is the word of God, will cast that down. It'll cast down that logical thinking. These vain imaginations that imprison us, it'll cast them down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every high thing. The weapons of our warfare will take down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? It's the word of God. Everything's coming against the word. But our weapons, it'll, it'll do what? It'll come against every high thing that exalts itself. This word exalt, it doesn't mean something that just jumps up and takes over. No, this word means something that is slowly and progressively takes a place of preeminence in your life. In other words, it's like Satan will get you to jump in the frying pan with water. The water feels okay, and then he'll turn it up one degree. And then when you get used to that, he'll turn it up another degree. Or in other words, he'll get you to make a decision. If God wants you to go here, he'll get you to make a decision. Well, wait, I got to do this first. And then I got to do this first. But, you know, I'm 24 years old or 23 years old, so it's no big deal. But then, then this comes up. And, but, you know, I got this in my heart. Yeah, God, I'm, I'm going to get to that. And then pretty soon... You're 60. You blink and you're 60 and you're like, oh my gosh, what? Right? These things have slowly and progressively taken a place of preeminence in my life. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and look at this, and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought, bringing into captivity every thought it's the Greek word that means every perception and every mind game. Satan's thoughts are actually mind games. It's not just one thought. It's connected to some other junk. And you move here, then it connects over here. But the weapons will bring this down. It'll bring every thought, everything that's trying to exalt itself against God, it'll bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This word obedience means it will force your mind into a position of subjection. It will make your mind listen. It's exactly what I said before. If you will speak the word of God, your mind will shut up and listen. It will force you It'll force your mind to listen. And if you keep the word of God in your mouth and meditate in it day and night, you will start observing yourself doing it and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Because it'll make your mind listen. 
Our mind is the battleground. This verse is describing our warfare. See, the biggest battle in our minds, guys, is these preconceived notions, these things that come against us that are telling us that the word of God just is not going to work for you this time. And that's a lie. Every person in the Bible failed. Why? Every person that failed in the word of God, they failed because they didn't take a wrong thought captive. Start to read the Bible and start to look at that. It's amazing. Many times you could see the thought. And they don't take it captive and they let it go. And the next thing you know, they're messing up. The battleground of, this, of the mind. I'm just going to close with that. It has those three levels. we got to guard our thought life because we don't want it to grow into a vain imagination. <clears throat> because that vain imagination will grow into a stronghold. But I'm here to tell you, if you are in a prison right now and there's a stronghold in your life, just start speaking the word of God and it will literally force your mind to listen. It'll start pulling all the junk out and pretty soon you'll think different. You'll see different and you'll experience the life that he has for you. Amen?